This is Whiskey Dix, and you're listening to the DU Football Show. Football! <laughs> I figured that's a good way to go out on the season. I feel after the season. <laughs> F- football kicked us in the ding-ding this season. Yeah, I'm e- tired, e- man. E- emotionally, just the length of it, it was it was a tough one. Oh, yeah, it was a big old cock of a season, wasn't it? <laughs> if you didn't think we were wrong all the time already, get ready to listen to this show where we tell you we're very wrong. Let's start the show. <laughs> Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton Punch you in the eye and drink your rye Sam Houston Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam Right A.A. the fucking Gooner Graham Smell the Lord, but straight and short Sam Grammy Sam Graham Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the entire EPL season. And our predictions is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me, my co-host... Definitely father of the year after hearing about that pit story. All right. Samuel Graham. To, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I left it very vague. How are you doing, Mr. Graham? Doing You're the one well. who decided to make it more. Doing very well. You know a pot shot's coming. I know. You know a pot shot's coming. I just want to make sure that everybody knows, right, since I was mm. here and experienced it, I'm a content <laughs> creator, not a content consumer. Okay, <laughs> okay very good. So, just, <laughs> if you want to know what that's in reference to, patreon.com forward slash do you No, show. it wasn't even mentioned on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, what it? No, it was just here off mic. You oh. were like, I don't want to say this on microphone. <laughs> it's exactly what you said. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about me not wanting to do anything other than be in front of the camera. Oh, yeah, that 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 is very true. We already know that. Oh, he's not going to listen to it. It's fine. Graham is talent. We just do oh. what we want. Oh, I mean, one of the golden rules to uh, broadcasting is to go back and sound check yourself so you can hear verbal ticks you do and things of that nature. How many shows have you listened to, Graham? Four, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've listened to every fucking show we've done. Good. So somebody's out there getting the job done. We're recorded at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can, Mr. Graham. Tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias. We do check our DMs, so make sure you are using that avenue. Uh, and then DUFootballShow at gmail.com to get in touch via email. And if you're like 311, man, brah, gotta smash that subscribe <laughs> button, brah. <laughs> Give me that amber energy, brah. Yeah. <laughs> Be down, man. Press the subscribe uh, that, button, that, look, brah. Now he's just using all our jokes, Mel. All I my just, jokes. And I, I just puns. like... I just like uh, the I'm, one. I'm used to it. He takes my jokes all the time, and just rips them off like they're his. And I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. Um, I actually, don't get residuals. I'm on strike. It's actually, come you're to this drugstore cowgirl, okay? And the beautiful disaster that is the two of us, and <laughs> we'll be just fine. You're, you're <laughs> Slavic. I, that's what I call it now. I no longer call it a Russian proverb, but your uh, Slavic proverb. Slavic? Uh, so, well, it doesn't matter. You, that I'm like not saying the word Russian because that's no so good right now. But I look at everybody and I go, my wife found this. I stole it from my wife. Unapologetically, I stole this from my wife and I use it every single time. Because why? She doesn't have the same use for it that I do. So here you go. And of course, the proverb is, the church is near, but the roads are icy. The bar is far, so I shall walk carefully. 
And that's how I end every little speaking engagement thing that I do and do a cheers and all nice. that. Nice. <clears throat> I have a new one for you. Okay. The please. most quoted man in history, and it has to do with our gin. Okay. So I'll give it to you when I do the gin bit. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show, even when the producer's being a mocking bitch. <laughs> Mr. Graham, what are we drinking? Wild Irish gin, as Rawr. in Oscar Wilde, mm -hmm. oh. the most quoted man in history, apparently. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you would gauge that. Yeah, I, I know. It is interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Wild Irish Gin. This is 94 proof, so 47% by volume. The distinct botanicals in this one, uh, to set it apart from everything else, is Purple Heather, which grows near the distillery in Ireland. Um, anyway, on the bottle, embossed okay, mm -hmm. very beautifully on this nice purple bottle, uh, it has a quote from Oscar Wilde that says, and I think you would enjoy this and maybe could use it to end some of your speaking engagements, I can resist everything except temptation. <laughs> Pretty brilliant. And uh, how much do you I, say that run on the shelf? Uh, this on the shelf would be around Hendrix pricing. So you'd okay. be around $35.99 to $39.99. Okay, very good, very good. Um, now, I could also see you using that as your opening line to endear yourself to some sort of AA meeting. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love um, it. This is lying. We're never going to this. No, never, never, <laughs> never, never. Oh, and we, uh, I, I spruced it up a little bit this time. We're using uh, Fever Tree's Cucumber Tonic Water. Yes, it is a very um, floral gin. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it, though. I think it's delicious, and the Cucumber Tonic Water does kind of mellow it out and give it that nice, refreshing quality as well. And I added a little something. My my bartender helped me out with an event this weekend. A little bit weekend. of spice to Yes, uh, <laughs> he had made a summer Sazerac, but he had done a... Glue that was ooh, well, that no. you know what someone belched here. It was not anyone named Sam, so I wonder who that was. As she quickly hits the mute button, selling now her muter is her choice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and I like how she did the little three finger. Ooh, is that me? Oopsie <laughs> me. <laughs> oh, did I just do a toot? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking show. Um, but uh, my buddy Clint Lopez with the yes, Mrs. Houston. I also turned the camera off me. Oh, okay. You just <laughs> just got to shut the whole fucking thing down. Oh, shut it down. Burn it down. It's over. Abort. Abort. <laughs> I'm back oh, now. Brilliant. That's fine. Yeah. Oh my god. You make me. It's make me think of uh, like Bill Paxton and Aliens. Like, yeah. we're fucking done, man. We're fucking done. Game over, man. Game over, man. What a way to end the fifth and final season. <laughs> yeah. Get a bell belt. <laughs> Brilliant. So my my friend uh, Clint Lopez, Clint Lopez with um, uh, Silver Lion in the Riggs Hotel, just one of the best cocktail bars. In DC, in, right? Yeah, yeah, and one of the best cocktail bars in the world. Frankly, just mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Once you and Car uh, Carly make the move down, definitely a couple's night to there. Yeah, because for sure. uh, somebody can put that on the old expense account. I'd like to uh, either start <clears throat> or finish the night at Lay Dip in a seafood tower. Also, oh, oh yeah, oh. some Lay Dip. Oh, I, I can fuck with some seafood tower with a side of French fries and well, champagne. Frites, frites and champagne, man. Oh, yeah, frites, fair. champagne, and seafood tower. Oh, that's my favorite yeah. meal. It was pretty fucking good. That's so, my favorite meal. Continuing on what I was going to talk about, the summer Sazerac that uh, Clint had made is got a what he called a glue, right? It's a absinthe lime mint 
and ginger. Mm-hmm. And it, you, it's thick, so it's like a paste, and you paint it on the inside of the glass. So when you're taking a sip, you get those flavors washed into your drink, but without being too terribly powerful. Right. Um, I still feel like the cucumber tonic really kind of overpowers this drink. It does mellow out the gin quite a bit. I'm getting a little bit of that ginger in line, but not as much as I'd like. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's there, yeah. but it's not. Yeah, uh, last night when uh, we recorded the. As pronounced as I want it to be. When we recorded the Naptown Blues fan cast, I did probably a little too much for the Sazerac, and tonight I probably didn't do enough for, for this cocktail. But it still tastes good, and Mel's is fucking gone. I'm like, I'll give you a, I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself and make me a second one. I'm not getting up and making you another uh, do one. Do it better this time. Yeah, uh, apparently I did pretty fucking well because uh, it's almost well, gone. What is it? Something we should do, Sam? That so producer the, Mel certainly isn't the doing. The reason that we won't ever go to AA is because we always uh, drink legally and responsibly. Very good. Uh, speaking of responsible drinking, mm-hmm. um, Graham said the magic words about whistles, and mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Pat is watching. Hey, what's what going up? on, Big Pat? Wah, 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 wah. As we said, <laughs> the Pied Piper of white bitches, Mr. Patrick. Allegedly, YouTube. Allegedly. Uh, he, uh, no, no, there's no alleged about it. He's a master. He would get on the dance floor, and he'd put a whistle in his mouth. And then within 30 seconds, 50 white women were around him dancing. <laughs> it is stuff of legends. We embrace that. I know. <laughs> I just don't want us to get banned. <clears throat> There ain't nothing there and there that I'm not doing some Alex Jones shit. We'll there be all right. There ain't nothing there and there. <laughs> there ain't nothing there and there. All right, let's get to the action, Mr. Yes. Graham. Well, there we, was no action. This is just. Oh yeah, there was one game. Yep. We open with the FA Cup, where we had a derby, a record broken, and one step closer to a treble. Manchester City two, Man United one. Ikai Gundogan with the brace, but that first one. The previous record set by Louis Saha for mm-hmm. Everton in 2009. Fastest FA Cup goal ever. At 25 that seconds. Mr. Gunnowin said, Yeah, give me half that. 13 seconds. Yeah. One nothing. Man City's up. <laughs> and in the middle of the game, apparently, the dubious goals panel, uh, panel um, actually gave it to him for 12 seconds. Then after the game, reversed it to 13. There we go. Yeah. Pretty insane. Uh, just essentially caught everybody asleep. I mean, he had no business trying that from that distance at that stage. I mean, that was his first touch, really. You know what? You know what? Um, why he gets to do that? The goal against Everton. The confidence is there. He's oh, yeah. been scoring I mean, look, like crazy, but you're able to pull off goals like you did that little Kieran flick Gibbs. behind. It just Kieran, fuck. Kieran Gibbs said it uh, best at halftime. Um, of course, former Arsenal player. Uh, so. Uh, very interested in what he has to say mm-hmm. um but he said it best at halftime that he just late stage of the season Gundogan becomes prime zidane somehow excuse me real quick this was going to be the other intro i was going to play and you just proved to me why i might have should have probably picked that one this is mike rice man you supporter a drinking game suggestion big sam makes a point graham makes it about fucking arsenal you're listening to the du football show this is please still, tell me i'm wrong <laughs> this is still about <laughs> ilkai Gundogan in manchester city mm-hmm. But Kieran Gibbs, just thought relevant. People might not know who he is. Yeah. He did used to play left back for Arsenal, okay, well, by the way. Real quick, I should drink because that's the drinking game. By the way. 
Anyway, um, no, he said that, that late in the season, Elkai Gundogan <clears throat> becomes prime Zidane. Yeah. Don't know why, but the last month of the season, he's banging the goals and assists left, right, and center. Just, and it's been proven yet again, um, scoring a, a, really a hat trick here. Uh, obviously, the third goal was chalked off for rightly offside. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he just puts himself in a good position, and this was an absolute fucking screamer of a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, the game overall, in my opinion, though, wasn't very good. It, City had complete control, but didn't seem to want to score a second they, goal they until it was equalized. They didn't get out of second gear, really, in my yeah. opinion. And no, they just, not at all. I mean, if you've got a center back playing defensive midfield and John Stones taking four United players out of the game with a simple turn. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Just, it's a joke. <laughs> really, it's a joke. Now uh, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Now, Man uh, United end up is he in the championship? I think so. Oh, I'll come back. So, Man United did end up equalizing on a uh, handball checked by VAR against uh, Jack Grealish. It's not a handball, uh, my opinion. Well, but I'm... as soon as the VAR got involved and had the referee go look at it, you knew it was going to get given. Oh God! But yeah. Jack Grealish wasn't even looking at the fucking thing. He was in the air. Yeah, just an arm yeah, was up, and, and your arms do naturally go out to balance you when you jump. It's mm-hmm. part of it. Now, yes, his arm kind of made a, an upward gesture. I think it's part of just him turning and, again, balancing himself. And he knew nothing about it. Right. it. It was very close proximity. I don't. I really don't think you can give it. But as soon as the referee blew the whistle and made the VAR sign, knew for a fact it was... Knew for a fact it was going to get given. Now sure. I'm okay with Sorry, that. My goal. mother-in-law texted me. I'm okay with that goal because I my CEO texted me as well. So yeah. you guys got to got to fight through that shit. Nobody kid. fucking wants us until we're doing something. Right then, it's everybody the, wants to the, talk to us. That's how it always a, rolls. A man in general, but you know, Pat, see, do not text me right now just because we're doing a show. <laughs> just everybody leaves oh. you alone the second you sit down and take a shit. Whip your phone out. All the kids are banging. Like, oh. Daddy needs some help. Get the <laughs> fuck out. This Thank, is my time. Thanks for the insight into your house. Hundred yeah, percent. Um, now, why I appreciated the fact that they got the penalty and Bruno Fernandez put it home to equalize at one-one. At that point, City was about to go the whole tournament without conceding a goal. Yep. The last time that happened in the FA Cup it was in the fifties, wasn't it? Nineteen sixty-six Everton Football Club. So, uh, 66. One of my records had already been broken that day. I didn't want another one broken <laughs> right, for fuck's yeah, no sake. Shit. Let me hold on to the small sliver of hope and, and cherish it as much as I fucking can. Yeah. Um, into the second half, real quick, it I mean, was. Y'all did set a record this season for the most times a board has accused a fan base of physical assault that didn't happen. Yeah, but exactly. Once. once. <laughs> Headlocks. Still no proof. Still no proof at all. I mean, in this day and age, one camera phone. <laughs> shaky footage i mean it could be like we seen bigfoot footage with like the super shaky camera and like it maybe it was a headlock or maybe it wasn't it like i'd at least go for that i have to be able to show that i'll go look at the google street cam see if it caught anything yeah just yeah. something <laughs> anything something yeah why why because it didn't fucking happen that's why it didn't fucking happen don't worry bill will make a musical about it it'll be great <laughs> one lone headlock Woo. <laughs> jazz locks <laughs> headlocks. <laughs> Actually, headlocks, I think, are the one thing that probably couldn't be jazzified. Um, no, very true. They're very contained. Yeah, very contained. Now, 
Well, no, I don't you know. You could tap with your feet. By the very nature. And then shake your but, butt. But the person in the headlock has their arms free, so they could. Oh, they could, Jazzy. Jazz hands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It'd also give yeah. a fluffy. Yeah, the person, <laughs> the the person administering <laughs> the headlock does the tapping, and the person getting the handlock does the jazz hands. Well, yeah. I mean, where I'm from, whoever's in the headlock does the tapping. <laughs> and that's how murder happens. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, start of the second half again. He got, got, he got gunned to win within like what another 30, 40 seconds. Puts another one in the net. Two one. How's your father? Game over. Yeah. What's what? What you worried about? And here? after that, it, it was nothing. I mean, United had nothing to answer. I mean, they had. And City they never had, had to push. They had not possession, but they had these transitional opportunities up until the final third. But it was that final ball was always shit. You know, there was one pretty dangerous cross put in. Marcus Rashford did get his head to it. But couldn't find the direction necessary. Ended up four or five yards wide. Mm -hmm. um, and Gundogan, the second goal, was <laughs> was terrible, honestly. It was a bad hit. I think De Gea saw it late. But after what he did at first, you'd think he'd be a bit more alert to what's happening. It was it was not a very good strike. He did not yeah. catch it clean. And you could see Lindelof's face when they showed the replay as he stuck his leg out to block it and went over his leg still. Mm. You could see his face as he's turning like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just knew it was just inevitable. You yeah. just knew it was going to happen. Knew it was going to happen. Um, but I... I did not post on the socials yet the congratulations, uh, Manchester City, for the FA Cup um, because I'm waiting. Uh, I'm going to wait and just do the treble uh, as it's completed, which I think it will be. That's what I was about to say. Two of the yep. three done, and uh, it's going to take a miracle from Inter to be able to slow this team down. Yes. Uh, in the case of when they lost it to Chelsea, it was a team who knew them and knew them well and mm -hmm. knew how to set up a plan to stop them. This team does not know them. <clears throat> no, there's no way. It, it's it, There's no way. Although it is set up for a Romelu Lukaku uh, hat trick, Inter win it, and then he comes back to Chelsea as the guy that stopped the treble uh, as a former Manchester United player, of course. And um, somehow they can't offload him this summer, and he ends up uh, flopping again in the Premier League. <laughs> Too uh, funny. Which would be brilliant. That would be fucking hysterical. Uh, but yeah, no, that won't happen. City's going to roll him, I think. Uh, they don't have enough pieces around the rest of the field. Um, uh, to be honest with you. And I, I think City, this is nailed on. Which, as an Arsenal supporter, this is kind of my hope, is maybe Pep wins this and goes, you know what? I'm going to go out on a high, walks away, right? And then, you know, the next guy coming in is not going to be as brilliant, yeah, right? right? As perfect. So that <laughs> opens it up for Newcastle, Arsenal. United uh, seems like they're going to be adding decent pieces this summer. Um, City still will have players there. It, it seems like this is going to add, you know, spice to the league if he leaves and the only way he's leaving is if he wins that trouble i'll tell you what nobody it's still not guaranteed but the, right. you know you have a better chance of it that i finally did what i comp my, i set out to do here nobody wants to see checkbook city fc win the treble but everybody wants to see manchester united get their comeuppance damn straight <laughs> yeah time for us to do our predictions hey, because my record still stands yeah exactly. the invincibles is still a thing right yep the trouble won't be exactly so well we talked I about that in the stand. we talked about that in the parking lot too how we on just want someone to do own. it because you're like yep. the 72 dolphins and you're like mercury morris and we just want you to shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> anywho mr graham we do uh every single year we do our predictions why don't you go through and let everybody know exactly what it is that we do yeah, so we um, sit down 
as the football nerds that we are, and we pick where we think everyone's going to finish, 1 through 20. Mm-hmm. We pick uh, – normally we would pick the first manager sacked. We were late doing it this season because people were sacked quite early, <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. So this year we did the third manager sack because yes, two people had fired. already lost their jobs by the time – we did our predictions. And I don't remember who the third manager fired was. I pull, that's what I was looking at when you were bitching at me for being on my phone. Uh-huh. I was pulling up the sacked in order list. Thank very you very good. much. And I guarantee we both got it wrong. <laughs> of course we did. Uh, we picked the Golden Boot winner, the FA Cup winner, and the League Cup winner. So basically all and things. And didn't we do a Dark Horse too, typically? Did you not do one this time? I did not do a Dark Horse. That's fine. That's good because my Dark Horse was definitely not a Dark Horse. So I'm okay with oh, that. Oh, good. So we're, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I definitely said Brighton. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> you said Brighton or Villa. That's definitely what <laughs> yeah, you said. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I saw the evening coming and I just did it. Yep. Um, so we've got, uh, yeah. So we've got our one through 20 and our four extras um, this <clears> season. <throat> Next year, we'll remember to do dark horses. <laughs> now, last year, uh, I beat you six to five, mm-hmm. but you have beaten me before two. And that puts us on aggregate of three years of doing this, right? Three years three of years. us picking 24 things or 25 things every single season. Our current score is 10 to 10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Mr. Graham, without further ado, here we go. Who did you pick to win the league? I picked Manchester City to As win the league. Did I? So both so of us got that one right. Let's go ahead and pull this up. So I have it here for us. That is correct. Mel, would you mind handing me a pen that I could use right quick, please? I should. Uh, um, I need a pen. I'm keeping score. Okay, very good. Is that what you want the pen for? No, that's perfect. Please keep score. Very good. Maybe you should just go and stay on that side like Graham and just be talent, okay? Yeah, if you don't hit the wrong fucking button in the middle of us doing something, then yeah, I would not be worried about it. But you're you, (laughs) so I worry. Anyway. Damn. Second place, Mr. Graham, who did you have? Carson in here. (laughs) (laughs) Second place, I had Arsenal Football Club. Second place, I had Arsenal Football Club. Did you really? Fuck you. Mm-hmm. God damn it. I mm-hmm. was hoping that was the plus one to me there. Mm-hmm. Shit. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to fuck it all. Now it is uh, looking down, maybe one right. I think uh, it's all wrong. I think I, have, I think I have one right the rest of yeah, the way. Likewise. All right. Uh, what did you have for number three? Let's start off with you this time. Tottenham. I thought they were going to be fucking good this year. I so, really did. Yeah, I had Liverpool, which mm-hmm. is both wrong, because in actual third place was Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to fuck it off. I mean, I still thought they were going to be you know, here soon enough. I thought they were going to be decent, but I didn't expect them to be where they were. I had, <clears throat> you know what, I think, because I, a little further down the line, I had United in seventh. Where did you have them? Um, I have him in fifth. You had him in fifth. Mm-hmm. I think if they were unable to get rid of Ronaldo, one of us may have been correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But getting agree. that toxicity out of the dressing room made the biggest I think difference. Saved their entire Absolutely. season. It really did. All right. So fourth place, I had Liverpool. I had Tottenham. Very good. Okay. So both of us thought the same thing. We thought they were both very good clubs yep. and were going to be Champions League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's one thing I forgot to mention. We are often very influenced by the start of the season too. Mm-hmm. Because we do this after the transfer window is over. We wait until the transfer window is closed, <laughs> which was the problem with the manager thing, because by the time the window is closed, two people have been sacked. <laughs> and and we were already six matches into the season at that point, too. Yes. So, oh, you'll correct. see you'll see some because of my it's picks. St- because it started so early. 
<clears throat> you'll see some of my picks yeah. and you'll be like, what the hell were you thinking? 100%. Houston? All right. Um, sixth place. Um, no, fifth. We're uh, on fifth. Fifth place. I had Manchester United. I had Chelsea. Mm-hmm. It was actually Liverpool. Yep. Okay. Uh, and uh, in sixth place, I had Chelsea. Six spots too high. In sixth place, I had Newcastle, who finished in fourth, obviously. Yep. So, so you had wrong. them going to Europe. Good yep. on you. And uh, it was uh, Brighton, actually, that did it. So Brighton was sixth place. Wrong again. Uh, I, no, I. <laughs> yeah, Brighton was sixth place. That's yep. very true. I yeah. pulled the table. I'm looking at the table. Yep. yep. Um, seventh place, off by one spot, I had Brighton. Mm, unlucky. Uh, seventh place, I had United. It was actually Aston Villa. Yep. Very good. Um, eighth place, I had them just missing out on Europe. I thought Newcastle would be around it, but I thought they would ultimately kind of slip up and fail. Right. And they certainly didn't because they ended up in fourth. Yep. Absolutely. I had an eighth place. I had Brighton. I thought they'd come up just short mm-hmm. because, uh, after losing Grand Potter and everything else. I, I thought they'd come up just short. They obviously did not because Tottenham came up short. They were in eighth place mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. Who did you have in ninth place, my good in man? In ninth, I had Crystal Palace. I thought they were going to have a better season than they did. Now, it wasn't far off, but I thought they were going to have a better season than they did have. Yeah. <laughs> also, my dark horse. I had Crystal Palace finishing in ninth place. Yeah. I really thought they were going to turn it around. You know what? If they only brought Roy the Boy back earlier, yeah, the no. wise old owl might have gotten it done. But Oh, shit. Uh, in 10th place, I'll go ahead and say I'm very influenced by the start of the season because everything was fine for Everton at that point, and I figured we'd be comfortably mid-table. Oh, boy, was I wrong. So 10th place, I had Everton. It's a shame, really, because I was off by one place. In 10th place, I had Brentford, and they actually finished in 9th. I didn't mm-hmm. mention. Very good. Very fucking close to that. 11th place, I had Mel's Villa. Oh, sorry. In real 10th place was mm-hmm. Fulham. We didn't say that either. Yep. I had uh, uh, Mel's Villa. They had st- had a bad start, but I figured they'd right the ship. I figured they'd be yep. comfortably mid-table. I did almost the same thing. I had Villa in 12th, but I in 11th place, I had Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, again, not far off. They finally <laughs> got their shit together, but they did finish in 13th. The real 11th place club was Crystal Palace. Yep. Uh, 12th place. I got this one way wrong. Mm. All of us did, because who would have thought Chelsea would have finished in 12th place, but they did. I had Leeds. Nice. I thought Leeds was going to be way safe this season. Don't worry. Leeds is coming up for me also. I had Villa, uh, Mm -hmm. obviously, in 12th place. Same thing. Bad start. They would have righted the ship and finished comfortable. Um, But that did not end up being the case. They were actually quite good after they sacked Stevie G. All right. Um, So, yep. 13th place. Who'd you got? I had Wolves. I thought, you know, they got their shit together a little bit more than I thought they would. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had West Ham. I knew Europe was going to be tough on them, but... Oh, no, I'm sorry. In 13th was actually Wolves. Oh, that's where they ended up playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where they ended up. I apologize. What did you pick? I had West Ham. Very good. I had West Ham as well. I was one off. All right. (laughs) By a point. Well, look at that again. You and I picking the same way twice. That's fucking crazy. We've been doing this too long. Yeah, exactly. We're Uh, starting to think like each other. 14th place, I had Brentford, who obviously finished in the top 10 and had their best season ever Ever. in the top flight. Yeah, 14th, I had you. Ah, very good. Comfortable, but not very good. Mm Mm-hmm. And that did not prove to be the case. I think that's a fair assessment. Yep. Um, We were safe, but (laughs) not so much. West Ham, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so I got an ice cube in my mouth. Sorry. 15th place go for it <laughs> 15th uh, I picked Leeds it was actually Bournemouth yep I picked That's Leicester City wrong 
I picked Leicester City. Oh, now here we go, mm-hmm. buddy boy, because that's going to be the one-upper for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> 16th place, I had Fulham. Uh, I had Fulham as well. Mm-hmm. 16th place was actually Nottingham Forest, so both wrong. Yep. In now. 17th place. Now, here's where it starts to get dicey. Yeah. A lot of times, we usually get them right. Just not in the right Just order. Just not in the right order. I Obviously, got them very wrong. We all got them very wrong, except for I got one correct. In 17th place, I had Southampton uh, narrowly escaping by the skin of their teeth again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not. Obviously, they finished dead last. So that is wrong for me because Everton Football Club on the final day yeah. secured their, what is it, 63rd in 60, a row? 63rd season in a row. Something yep. like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, I went with Wolverhampton in 17th place. Mm. I knew they were in trouble. I knew that they hadn't really signed enough people and that it wasn't going well with Bruno Lodge even from the start. So I was uh, not not surprised that they were in the struggle at the end, but they were able to write it. Yep. All right. 18th place, so, what did you have? Well, it looks like I got at least one relegation team right, but not in the right order. I did pick Southampton to go down, but I put them in 18th place. I felt like they were too young and they had just escaped life too many times and that it was going to finally catch up to them. Right. Now, normally I would be sympathetic to you, except for I did pick Leicester and Leicester finished in 18th place. There you go. So you're, not you're up getting three a to point two. Because I am getting a point. Very nice. Three to two. <laughs> and my last two were also wrong. Yeah, uh, my last two, I had Nottingham Forest in 19th and Bournemouth in 20th. Fuck, I had Forest and Bournemouth as well. Yum. <laughs> in that order. And it wasn't. It was Leeds and Southampton. And, they, and Bournemouth wrong was and quite wrong. comfortably safe. Yep, so I'm up three to two yep, going yeah. into the extras. All right, scoring leader, who did you have? I want to point out, though, uh-huh. four times you were both wrong together. Yes, we were. You know, yeah. Yeah. Three three to two with actual correct scores. Four of them we were wrong together. Yeah, for real. Great minds, my friend, great minds. That's absolutely right. All right, so golden boot winner, I had Erling Holland. I also had Erling Holland. So it was... Correct. Heavily influenced by the start of the season. I think he'd already scored two hat tricks. We're like, oh, that guy's going to win it. <laughs> yeah. Not far behind him, though. Uh-huh. Surprisingly, very quiet because Tottenham had such a shit season. Harry, Harry Kane. Kane scored 30. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Pretty wild. Third coach fired. Who did you have? So I wrote down Steven Gerrard, uh-huh. which is unfortunate because he was the fourth coach fired. Just a few days after Bruno Lodge was relieved of his duties at Wolverhampton Wanderers. I had Brendan Rodgers, who did eventually get relieved of his duties, just or left Five on mutual consent. Later. Yeah. Yep. Um, my dark horse, which you did not do, and I did. Um, I had Palace. You had Palace. I mean, you had nobody, so that doesn't matter. Uh, FA Cup, I do this every year. Every year, I get it wrong. Everton. Yeah. I chose Arsenal because I thought we'd mm-hmm. actually do it. Right. No, we did not. Right. It was Manchester City. And then for the League Cup, because they always win it, except for the last two years in a row, I had City. I fucking picked City, too, for the same goddamn thing. Because <laughs> they win it all the time. Because they win it all the time, and it wasn't. It was United. All right, Well, Mel. good job. You know what? You stopped on winning a quadruple. There we go. Well done. Mel, what is the uh, total score there, then? Four to three, is it? Four to three. Four, two, three. And then I just need a pen for one second to write one thing down. That now makes it 14 to 13. Graham. After four years of doing this. Yes. We have <laughs> not even gotten 30 correct. <laughs> Out of a possible 125, we you, have gotten... You wonder why I was over 37 this year. We are just miserable. I don't think want to count up how many hours I've spent on this show. 
Now, on to our other little fun segment we like to do. The five best and five worst signings in the transfer market. Now, typically we tend not to include the January transfer window, even though those people are can be very, you know, influential. You know, they a have good to do example. Something very, very special too. I think to we both had Bruno Gimaresh in last year simply because he was that they went from twentieth yeah. place to tenth place at Newcastle, yeah. and he and he was clearly the reason why. Hundred percent. You know, so. But normally we do not. But I think it would be notable to just kind of talk about some of the good signings. Uh, Trossard for Arsenal was massive. Yep. Uh, Endo Enzo Fernandez was the only, only shining player. bright bright <laughs> spot for Chelsea the entire season, and gives them some hu- hope for the future. And honestly, uh, Pedro Porro for Spurs was phenomenal. When they in finally a very when they finally bad, started playing him, yes, in a very bad situation, he was very very good and. Uh, Proved to be a really good wing back. A lot of assists, a lot of goals for mm-hmm. the limited time he got to play and was an impact player on matches. Mm-hmm. I mean, essentially bench Perisic because of it for the yeah, most part. 100%. Um, now, on the bad side, not so much because he played poorly, but just the dollar amount. Anthony Gordon to Newcastle for $40 million. <laughs> Like... Yeah, it's a lot of money to pay for a bit part player. Right. A substitute who scored you one goal. And he's young and he's talented, but 40 million talented in the mid trans Like, that was a, we're going to sign him to make sure Everton's worse. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it felt like that was the case. Um, Now, for Chelsea, it's not so much that he was a bad signing. It's the story that went along with it for Madrid. Yeah. It was, but it's also no goals for a hundred million, right? But it was why was it a hundred million? It was comfortably forty million to you, and then Chelsea went, no, sixty million more. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, <laughs> Bowley really, went all L.A. Dodgers on your well, ass. Well, really, really part of it. I mean, they, they always wanted between sixty and eighty for him. I mean, that's what we were quoted. The problem came where he's very young. He's only had like two or three top flight seasons under his belt in Zagreb. Mm-hmm. And I think his best goal return was like 11. <laughs> right. So what were we paying $100 million for? It didn't make a ton of sense. Yeah. Um, it but was... also, I think they everybody got held to task on the price. I think we probably could have negotiated him down. Oh, God, yes, I think Except you could. for the Russian invasion of Ukraine, which hamstrung all of their clubs. And they, if they're letting somebody go, they had players walk for free. Yeah. That, that FIFA ruling that said, you know, in a war-torn nation, you can roll out if you need to. Yeah, if you got to go, you can go. They did. A lot of players did. So the saleable assets, they held tough on their price so they could afford other people in, in, in return. Yeah, agreed. And um, and Todd Boley, I guess, you know, doing his part for, for Ukraine, paid over the odds for him for no real reason. Yeah. Now, uh, and then the last two that are worth mentioning, both from the same team from Leeds, um, uh, what is it, Gino Carlo Ruder or Giovanni Ruder? Is this the one for Leeds? That is the $40 million record signing that played one fucking game. Well, so a little peek Sorry. behind the curtain. I forgot his name. He's my fourth worst signing of the league <laughs> because he played one fucking game. Yeah, worth, worth for mentioning. For $40 million. It's just a waste of money. What'd you buy him for? Right. If you you spend point? that kind of money on a player. You got it. That Pay needs... my wife $40 million. I'll turn out two games for you. <laughs> <laughs> she owns my rights. It's fine. And the other one, this was an audition. It was a loan spell, so not a signing. 
But this was the audition for for Weston McKinney to show that he was ready to play in the Prem, and he failed miserably. Yeah, there's a lot made of this. I, I think a lot of the tactical issues surrounding Leeds didn't do him any favors. I think he will have no shortage of people wanting to sign him this summer because mm-hmm. he is a good player. He is a grafter, but he also is coachable. I think he is actually quite good at listening to his coaches and performing the tactics that they want him to do. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think Leeds had any new <clears throat> direction. Fair enough. So I don't think there's going to be any problem. I think, uh, was it Brighton or somebody was linked with McKinney and Aronson? Yeah. Actually, a double swoop. Those might be a very good fit for that team. Yeah, and if they're willing to listen, willing to try, willing to buy into the project, why wouldn't they be? I think they're both talented footballers. They just yeah. need to. They just need to that direction. They can't grab a game by the scruff of the neck. Yep. But they're good role players. All right. So you want to do top five or worst five first? Up to you. Doesn't matter. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do top five. We're going to go from five to one. Um, I will get it started with my number five, uh, Lucas Paqueta from West Ham United. All right, so I can't put him in since we already owned him, even though he mm-hmm. never turned out for Arsenal before, really. Mm-hmm. William Saliba. Okay. But we already owned him, so he wasn't a signing. Mm-hmm. But we had loaned him out two years in a row back to St. Etienne and then I think Marseille or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. And he ended up getting French Young Player of the Year last year. And then we put him straight in, and he didn't miss a beat. Yeah. And uh, once he got hurt, we saw how much we missed him. Yeah. I thought he was phenomenal. I um, but I, uh, because he was signed this season, I will have to say it is Paqueta because of what he meant to West Ham. I mean, they were a totally different team when he's involved in the side. And his absence midseason, we saw how badly their midfield fell apart without mm-hmm. him. Agreed. And Declan Rice had way too much work to do. Um, and th- there's just no creative bone in anyone else's body on that field, really. Right. Very for true. a majority of the season. But when Paqueta plays, so went West Ham. Very true. I did forget to do the honorable mentions, but we'll do them at the end of the list here. So number four, who do you have? Taiwo Awonyi. Ten goals. He did the job. I mean, it, it took him it a took while, a to, while get there. to settle in. But he was these last two, three months solidified him as one of the best signings, in my opinion, because they Forrest were doomed. They needed his goals to win games, and they got them. And they were go- and they were goals that got points mm-hmm. directly. Like his goals equaled points in the table that gave him survival. Yeah, I think I think you know with the fee that he commanded, which which wasn't ridiculous <laughs> compared to some of the fees that were spent on other players this season. Yeah, I think their and 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 their eventual solidification of of safety. Um, I think that's probably you know bang for buck. One of the better signings of the season. All right. On to number three. I'll go first. This was very under the radar. It was one of the first signings that Newcastle made. Nobody thought anything of it. And he was just everything to this defense. It allowed Fabian Shaw to do more. It allowed them to be able to push Dan Byrne into like a three-back system when Trippier was bombing forward. Just allowed a lot of freedom for this team because this guy was a fucking rock. I have Sven Botman. Yeah, a very good signing. Hard, <laughs> tough as nails, this guy. Um, you're absolutely right. He he was he was fantastic all season. Um, but I got to go down the other end of the pitch because mm-hmm. once he finally settled in after that initial injury problem, once he finally settled in, he allowed the play to be stretched so much and allowed someone like Callum Wilson. That, how mm-hmm. are they going to play together? They figured it out. And the this fuck is, out. by the way, Alexander Isaac. Very good. Uh, and that just that 20 minutes. I mean, really, he could have walked out on the field and wanked the whole season 
except for that game against Tottenham and done what he'd done in the first 20 minutes, and he still would have been included in my best signings <laughs> yeah. of the season because I hate Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, very uh, but he, he was fantastic, I think, especially the second half of the season and vital for them securing Champions League. Excellent. Now, who do you have for number two, sir? Number two has got to be said, uh, Alexander Zinchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was phenomenal um, this season. And again, when he got hurt at the end, we saw how much we missed him. So much so that Arteta stopped trusting Kieran Tierney. <laughs> Yeah, and just changed our system. <laughs> yeah, well, I was so, going to, I was going to put him in there, but I knew you would. Yeah, and uh, so for me, that's where I wanted to put in Paqueta or and and Yao Polina because those two for those clubs very specifically, Yao Polina was excellent, was yeah, just monster. Right. So mm-hmm. it was very important. I wanted to make sure we pointed them Led out. Led the league in tackles, I think. Mm-hmm. Yao Polina. <clears throat> now, um. Number one, let's go ahead and say it at the same time because we're both going to say it's Erling, Erling Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, he, set, he sets the record for most goals in a Premier League season. And, uh, yep, you know, most hat tricks in a single season, I it think. Just, it's absurd. You, most players do not go into a pep system and immediately bet in, especially a guy who isn't a pep system guy. Right. The other piece is most people take time to adapt to the league. I thought he was physical enough. I thought he was you know, brutish enough. Yeah. My concern was he had three or four seasons in a row at Dortmund, uh, and before that, I think Leipzig or wherever he was, mold somebody, mm-hmm. um, where he picked up these muscle injuries. Yep. And so I was worried about the physicality of the Premier League for him in that sense, where is he going to get hurt? He didn't get hurt. Yeah, and there were a few minor injuries. He missed like a game here, a game there, but... Yeah, he yep. was remarkable. He was yeah. absolutely remarkable. I mean, but each of the last couple seasons, he's missed a month with a hamstring or yeah. three weeks with a calf or whatever. He didn't have that this season. He didn't have any sort of even relatively extended stint on the sidelines. And you saw what it gave. You saw how hungry he was. You saw, you know, and, and we've said it before, but like in interviews, you know, it's easy for somebody that scores that many goals to turn up and just, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, just I'm hungry for goals. That's just how it goes, and I just score a lot of them. He would rattle off like, yeah, I mean, that's great, but I should have had six. Like, I missed this chance and this chance and this chance. And right. he was so focused on the things that went wrong. So you just knew, like, he's actively trying to get better, and he's already the best, and, and that's trouble. And He's like Zlatan mm-hmm. without the fucking ego. Yeah, they had... The thing with him is is they've had a problem at striker, right? Gabriel Jesus never really took that next step. Um, well, Pep wouldn't play Agu- through the middle for real. Aguero was great, but he never, you know, he was hurt a lot, and there was never real consistency to him, even back then. Like, you know, yeah, he got the famous goal that got him their first title, but it just, it was, he's a legend, but it's not like this, pinpoint that's our guy like oh last year was supposed to be well, Aguero, Jesus and Aguero, then Aguero was more a, a pep system guy so like he he did drop into midfield and pass and yeah. create he did do some of those things but I mean you got to remember too and this is we're talking about a league that housed Ruud van Nistelrooy that housed Thierry Henry that housed a few others Sergio Aguero didn't hurt by that system either right no he's no. the all-time foreign leading goal scorer in the Premier League right it just he scored more goals than Thierry Henry right which is no mean feat yeah and then you had the head to the spear though with Erling Holland. it right. was just something you've never it seen it was something a bit have. more ruthless like Sergio Aguero wasn't really a great header of the ball yeah like he was a, a bit more of a poacher <sighs> 
in a, you know yeah, that Fox sort in of box in a way, sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, he wasn't gonna you know do three step overs to beat people. Erling Holland will run through them. He will jump and head the ball. He will bicycle kick it. He will he, run past them. He will. He'll right. He builds up ahead of steam. He'll run past them. He'll do. He'll score any type of goal, any type of way. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. You know, he's a bit more of a, I guess, complete player, if you will, than Sergio Aguero in in my opinion, in terms of finishing. I think now Sergio Aguero, don't get me wrong, is a fantastic finisher, but Erling Holland can do all of it. Sergio Aguero, very noticeably, in one or two categories, lacked a little bit. All right, so I did a, a new thing that we're going to do at the very end of this segment, which is new players, um, I mean, young players that I'm not going to include in the honorable mentions because let's face it, they're just young, right? It's mm -hmm. Hard to you. You could say they had a great first year, but we wouldn't put them on this list because they weren't that much of a uh, an impact. Right. But for um, honorable mention, I'm going to take out the people that we've already mentioned. Both of us have mentioned. But um, Akanji for City, sneaky, quiet, Man. really good in central it defense. It took him about a month or two to to get bedded in, but he. But he by finally the end, did, he was yeah, the first was name solid. on. He was the first name on the defense for them. He right, was pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, a uh, for he, me, he forced. Emmerich Laporte out right it's yeah. been, it's been him and um either Stones or Diaz mm -hmm. but mostly Diaz because they've right. been deploying Stones either on the bench or as as kind of an impact sub when they needed a better ball playing center half yep or as a defensive midfielder when yep. uh Rodri couldn't do it now uh this one I had mentioned last week and while uh, everybody's gonna bring up the pass the bad mistake against Arsenal and I know he's old and he's a bit past it Everton does not stay up if they do not have Idrissa Ganage. No. Period. End of discussion. Right. 100%. He completely helped that midfield. The the just with the workload, the energy, the being all, even when he was they had to sub him out cuz he's getting older and he's getting a bit he was absolute impact and he and for any mistakes that any Evertonian wants to say, I'm sorry there's a 100 times where he makes, you know, 7 8 tackles in a match. Oh yeah. And it was just I mean remember everywhere. he he left you the first time for PSG. Yeah. And came back because he loves the club. He didn't have to go yeah. back there. He, he there was no so shortage of suitors for him. Yeah, he also didn't. Um, he didn't leave over the January window. He said, "I'll stay through the end of the season. You guys just, I need, I want to go play Champions League after this." And they were like, "Yeah, we'll send you, we'll send you on." And he stayed, and he stayed, and he helped the team yep. then too. So it just and it's just those short term people that that your club makes buy in, like Onana. Mm -hmm. He said, I can't promise you I'm going to be here long term. I want to play in the Champions League, and I yeah. don't think I can do that here. Right. But I care. Right. And played and, with a lot of heart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now. Up until the final whistle, played with a lot of heart. Now, he's one younger, obviously, than kind of gay. But I think he'll he'll stay one more season before he moves on. He's going to be on the list that we're going to get to. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Now, the um, last honorable mention I have is a I, tandem. By the way, wasn't yeah. told about this. Yeah, I know. Young players thing. I told you on the phone earlier, but you didn't know I was what the already, list was. Yeah, it was already done. It's fine. You're good. It was. <laughs> it was. It was all good. But um, worth uh, mentioning. I would call this a tandem because if one wasn't on the pitch, it was definitely seen, and you could tell that they needed both. But the two of these guys is why Manchester United is playing Champions League ball this year, and that is Casemiro and Eriksson. Yeah, without a doubt, because their midfield was a fucking mess before that, and those two. It allows you to let Bruno Fernandez go be creative, and it allow it allows those guys up front to work on getting open, and yep. they were everything in the success of Manchester and you United. You saw this when season. Christian Eriksen got hurt, how much it hurt them. 
and Casemiro couldn't do it all on his own. And Casemiro and got red carded. Right, you know. and Erickson couldn't do it by himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was very notable when they weren't together on the pitch. That's why I said it was a tandem. That's why I didn't put it in the top five, because they it was a tandem. I couldn't put one above the other, and I don't think one without the other was that impactful. I think it was a tandem. That, that yeah, made them yeah, I'd agree with that. Tact- Let's go ahead and get into the five worst signings. Now, I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, honorable mentions first, because I don't think you're going to have any of these on your list. And if you do, oh, well, two of them for Wolves. Because first they went out and they signed uh, Sasa Kolodzic, and uh, that was supposed to be their answer at striker. He scored a goal, got hurt after scoring that goal, didn't play another game the rest of the season. <laughs> um, and because of that, they decided to do a big old ad campaign with Diego Costa holding a bunch of wolves, and that would be the highlight of Diego Costa at fucking wolves. <laughs> yeah. So those the are only, both honorable mentions. Remember, the only goal he scored was a tackle that was pinged against his shins yes exactly <laughs> and then the other honorable mention that i'd like to make which seemed like a very smart signing at the be- at the start of the year but ended up being rendered useless by the time gerard was gone philippe coutinho yep for villa great signing at the start of the year useless by the time gerard was yeah, gone fair Oh, it's absolutely fair. Number five, who do you have? Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard. That's a fair one. I, I consider the first him. few games. He mm-hmm. was shit for the first few games anyway, mm-hmm. and then turned around and didn't really play much because Morton Gibbs White and uh, and Brennan Johnson really took up the mantle in that position, and mm-hmm. they didn't need him. I don't know. I think he may have started his time on the bench with an injury. But the the way those two played the rest of the season, he was never even invited back into the yep. first team, really. Um, number five for me. Not so much his fault, but there was the comparison. It was Erling Holland, and it was Darwin Nunez. And he, it was for a hundred million, all the misses. Come for, on, man. Right. And that's why I put him on this list. He did score some goals. He did prove he may end up next year being a fantastic player for as him. As soon as Luis Diaz was fit and as soon as Jolta was fit, he was the first one dropped out of that front three. Yeah, exactly. So and that's telling. Yeah. So that was for me, it was un- unfortunate for the lad because it's just what it is. But I toyed with putting him on was here. the comparison. It was it was him and Holland. Mm-hmm. Holland exceeded. He was meh. I toyed with putting him on here, but I have a different because I wanted to ruffle feathers with this as well. So okay. I had a different hundred million okay. player. So who is your number four? Then? My number four was that dude for Leeds. Yeah, because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> uh, didn't play a single fucking Giovanni game that I remember. Ruder. Yeah, yeah, or no, Gino Carlo Ruder, so G- Giovanni or Gino Carlo Ruder. But for yeah. that much money, it's fucking terrible. Especially what for are you doing a, a what is a you know a big club but not one of the big six you spend 40 million that's someone who needs to be impacting your lineup oh yeah absolutely hands down for me number four pains me to say it Richarlison for Spurs at 60 million terrible yeah I mean got one three goal. goals two three chalked goals, off yeah. two yeah. chalked off yeah just <laughs> two yellow cards for, few shirt yellow removal. Cards for celebrating <laughs> It is not. It is not that the guy doesn't and have a motor. The one goal counted. The one goal that counted. Liverpool scored eight seconds later yeah. and yep. beat them four three. Yeah, exactly. It's now a storybook ending. He, he. It's not that he doesn't have a motor. It's not that he's not a talented player. He is. He's very it's much just so. a young prick. And I don't think this was a Conte signing. This was a Daniel Levy can get them at a quote-unquote good price at the at transfer bargain, deadline yeah. because Everton are desperate to move on from them because they need the money to stay within financial fair play. 
And he may be integral to this team to, to Spurs next season, but this year he was horrid. In number three, everyone's favorite own goal scoring uh, le- uh, center back, Vout Face for me from Leicester. <laughs> I he mean, was his, his record, his record speaks for itself. <laughs> he scored more goals against uh, Leicester than he did for Leicester. Yes. Yeah. And and their central defense without Johnny Evans, it didn't matter what combination it was out there, was just was just disastrous. terrible. And so Yunchu was good, remember, mm-hmm. last season or two seasons ago, whatever it was. It was he was Europe. he was when good. he was Europe for Turkey, and they had done so bad. He came when back he with came zero back, confidence. He, he had that one bl- uh, absolute shocker, actually, mm-hmm. where he was it took somebody out on the final day or something in the goal mouth mm-hmm. that season got yep. a red. Yep, and then he never. Came Came back from that suspension the same player. Yep, never, was never, terrible. At all. Who do you got for number three? Number three was the tall guy from Southampton. <laughs> don't remember his name. I don't think he made an appearance. But he was touted as the fucking savior. Heard. He's gonna go up front and score his goals just because he's six eight. And nothing. I don't even think he played a game. <laughs> fucking too. Funny. And I don't know his name, so I can't look it up. Kenny, but I don't remember now. seeing a really tall Nigerian. Very I remember, good. I remember seeing a lot of Theo Walcott. Yeah. Oh, that might have been... Uh, I saw a lot of Che Adams. Was that Salumana? No. Because Salumana actually scored some goals. He was one in the in the uh, January transfer window that uh, that uh, Southampton wanted. But I don't know. To, don't no, bother. No, no, no. And there's no. Alcarez, who was yeah. actually decent for yeah. them. Scored two or three like yep. really good goals. But so, he was signed in January as well. All right. So here's uh, number two. Who do you got for number two, Mr. Graham? Right, so number two is a tandem uh-huh. because they both did fuck all. Okay. Vout Veghorst and Anthony. <laughs> uh, and I also realize how annoying it is for me to not know the names of number three and four. So mm-hmm. the f- top worst signings and number twos uh-huh. uh, I did do two people for each Anthony uh, so the hundred million that I let on earlier mm-hmm. was very poorly spent because all you got was two goals and three pirouettes yeah. uh, out of him yeah, pretty <laughs> you much. did fuck all and the important games he got dropped for and that says something he gave him uh, 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 Eric Ten Hag gave him what three six months and of one, you're the starter and, and then first of the two was, goals was against Everton in his first game in playing. like August yeah yeah first was game playing fucking terrible uh and then Valt Veghorst just didn't do anything yeah. it, it's all season just nothing it's yeah. just a big lad up front yeah, and, and a locker even, room guy yeah, yeah. It just didn't even help but they put him on the field <laughs> which is inexplicable uh, uh for but me that's how that was at number two good old Neil Lespay he was rush. bad. I toyed with putting him in here also, but he at least did some shithousery. A rush and by. And that I can respect. A rush by <laughs> because Calvert-Lewin was hurt and they desperately wanted a striker. 15 million scored one goal and that was it. That's some shithouse. Yeah. That's worth yeah, Some shithouse. That was about it. Number one. Who do you have, Mr. Sam? About face. About face. Slash Doug. And I think Doug was already there. Don't care. I've <laughs> never seen him before. He was terrible, and they <laughs> stuck with him for seven months. Very good. Both of them horrendous. Uh, I've already spoken, uh, wax lyrical about Valtface's uh, contribution to the Leicester cause mm-hmm. in finishing in 18th and being relegated. Um, he was by far the worst signing. Uh, he's uh, sideshow Bob looking just terrible um, at football. I don't know why he plays this sport um, at all. To be honest, he should not be playing the sport. My number one, the player that exemplified everything that was wrong at Chelsea Football Club, Pierre 
Emmerich upon a yang. <laughs> brilliant. That is brilliant. He came back and he did fuck all, which <laughs> yeah. was what you knew he was going to do because you're like, you took me away from fucking Barcelona. I was doing fuck all Told there so, and yeah. like just going out to clubs and shit. And- well, he scored some goals at Barca because he loves Barca so much. It was Real Madrid, by the way, yeah, uh, that he loved so much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, turned up for Barcelona, had a couple games where he scored like four in, a, four in a game. Yeah. And then started the season shite and they sold him before the end of the window. Everything yeah. that was wrong with Chelsea Football Club, uh-huh. that that at the death window signing and then they made the whole Arsenal we're gonna get over on you he made a video they made a video for the socials it was terrible it was laughable absolutely laughable now finally um, we're gonna just do this real quick I'm gonna throw a few names at you that are uh, worth mentioning just that were great young signings that are um, some we may see at other clubs because they were on uh, teams that went down Uh, that person right off the top uh we don't have to say much about him either, yeah. but just worth mentioning. Romeo Lavia for uh, Southampton mm-hmm. was a star. Was a decent. Fucking yeah, he was pretty good. Star he was in the pretty good. Uh, so I really like that Alcaraz kid. Mm-hmm. I thought he did yep. pretty well. Almost put him on, but I didn't. Oh, yeah. You know? um, but yeah, definitely worth mentioning because I didn't want to try. I, I mean, I could see him at least being loaned out to somebody, both of them. You know right. what I mean? Um, another great one, uh, Shake Decore for palace yeah he became like they needed a young player to be a solid defensive midfielder because milovojevic and hughes and just the list was just getting they were getting bigger and bigger and bigger and of old old central midfielders and you needed an energy guy and what he did goes highly underrated he was a fantastic Fantastic defensive well, midfielder. You, you know who else I'd say, and he wasn't mm-hmm. a signing, obviously, but coming off that ACL injury, mm-hmm. so almost like a new signing because mm-hmm. he had been out for so long. As a was as a yeah, but then looked tentative in those first few games, and Vieira dropped him and didn't bring him back in. That's the first fucking thing Roy Roy Hodgson did was bring Eze back in, and immediately Palace's fortunes changed. Yep, absolutely. Um, continuing, um, at the end I'm going to give you two teams with two people, but uh, let's continue with the single ones. Wilfred Nato for Leeds, he was five million dollars. Yeah, the is little that the Italian, winger, the little Italian, yeah, the winger, little yeah. Italian that just, um, yeah, he uh, was excellent, absolutely fantastic. So always positive, always yeah. running at the, always direct. You yeah. know, going towards the box, trying to put mm-hmm. a cross in, trying to find a shot, trying to do something. Uh, the next one would be, uh, I think, very key in why Bournemouth stayed up. Marcus Travener. Yeah. Tavernia. Yeah, Tavernia, sorry. Was, he was fantastic. You're absolutely really, right. Really, really Solid good. left foot there. And his goals and his play in the middle of the pitch is single-handedly what helped kept them he up. Actually, between, between him, Billing, and Solanke, that's why that team, and Neto is an experienced keeper, that is why that team stayed up. And you know what, actually, you just made me think of something with the two wingers back-to-back. Crescencio mm-hmm. uh, uh, Somerville for Oh, Leeds. my God, yes. He was, he was phenomenal. phenomenal. He was phenomenal. He deserved way more minutes than he got. Now, uh, the next two, first we'll do Everton because they were down near the bottom, and then we'll talk about the Brighton guys. But uh, uh, for Everton, uh, Amadou Onana, of course, it was he was a great I think he's going to be a lot better this coming season. I think it took him a bit of time. Obviously, yeah. Frank, not the tactician. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that hurt him initially. But he looks a player. He obviously cares. I think he's got one more season at your club before he moves on. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I think this season, if they actually go into it with a proper plan, which it looks like they will with Sean Dyche, I think he's going to flourish, Onana. I would agree. Yeah. And um, th- um, I would have put uh, James Gardner on, but he simply just didn't get enough minutes. But the minutes he got 
were impactful as fuck, especially playing under Dice. There was a big one. But the other one is uh, we still think, we don't think of him as being a young player because he played all the fucking time for three seasons at Burnley and then almost the entire season here and was one of the leading goal scorers, Dwight McNeil. Yeah. Like, 24. Yeah. He's still a baby. Still, still He's technically still a young, baby. Yeah. Yeah. He won Young Player of the Year for Everton this year when yep. they gave out the awards. Like, yeah, it just, he, he was phenomenal. And he fell out of favor a little bit with Frank, and I think it was he just wasn't being coached. And the minute Dyche got his hands on him, and now he had experience had him before, with him at yeah. Burnley. He was like, I trust this guy. And turned Switch it right went on. on 100%. Fucking, yep. And was impactful in every single game where we got points. We got points because of him. The way we talked about... Him and Tamar Gray. The way yeah. we talked about how Awoni's goals equaled points, what McNeil did equaled fucking But then also points. sacrificing for the team. Like, yeah. he was playing way further up the field, which he wanted to do anyway. Yeah. By the end of it, because of injuries, he was playing wingback. Yep. Now let's get to uh, the real great young players because this was uh, for Brighton. And frankly, Brighton's fucking Europe. It's worth celebrating, you know? Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, this one's still very young. Only got a little bit of time. But Julio and CCO. <sighs> that kid's going to be good. A couple as long of as very he, good goals in it, there. Um, got to keep I, his head. Got to uh -huh. keep his head into the game. He, he seems like one of those types that might fade out if he's not getting exactly what he wants. So... Yep. You know? I mean, if we're, I don't know if they're on your list or not, but if we just want to rattle off a couple Brighton players, because there's a few, mm -hmm. uh, Canseco, mm -hmm. Caicedo uh, was excellent. He was only mm -hmm. signed in the summer. You forget that. Mm -hmm. um, he was excellent. Uh, obviously, Arsenal came in for him for I, 40 million or whatever I it was. I almost in put him on, but when his head got turned there for a little while, that uh, was. Yeah, he a, fucked yeah. it, but he came right yeah. back in three games yeah. later and was fine. And um, who else do you got? Because you might be mentioning him right now. Well, Ferguson. Okay. Obviously, yeah. because he was there, I think, in the academy. Uh, for a season prior, mm -hmm. but just a revelation, 18-year-old Irish lad. Mm -hmm. uh, when he finally started getting minutes, he was phenomenal. And then the last one, um, and the one that I wrote down, is uh, Purvis Estupion. Yep. The, Estupion was fantastic. Wow. Now wow. He, the one thing I will say about him is he is very left-footed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's like... He's left back. He's like... We know his position. <laughs> left back. He is like Rob Holmes left-footed. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he can't do anything with his right, but stand on it, really. Yeah. Um, but when it's that good... He's like Chile with yeah. his right foot. You remember yep, Chile? Yep, exactly. Yeah, he was like him, but Chile's right-footed. Couldn't do yep. anything with his left. Yep. But best outside of the boot right passer i've ever seen he would just insane because maybe. he couldn't use his yeah at all foot not at one all. bit yeah um nah he was he was fantastic i i really enjoyed uh most of watching him play all right mr graham no betting segment no uh no championship corner of course all of that is done congratulations to the newly promoted sides yes with that i leave it to you any parting words my good friend not really um i will say big sam has departed leads Shocker. We all saw that coming, yeah. obviously. Uh, took some parting shots, of course. Uh, was asked to go upstairs and help them in the search for the new coach. Mm -hmm. They respectfully declined his offer <laughs> and sent him on his way. Yeah. So his only bonus was that fiver he found on the side of the pitch. Yeah. Well, and he'll That's also tell everybody, I mean, I would have helped. Like The first Leeds <laughs> coach that is faltering is going to be like, well, I could have helped him. You know, when I was at when I was at Everton, they finished in tenth place, it's and I had I had improved their team greatly. Like brilliant. Uh, there, the the only parting words I will have aren't from England. Uh, very quickly, um, Kareem Benzema has called quits on Real Madrid. He oh. will be moving on this summer. 
Uh, the reports are two things I've heard is two years, 400 million or three to four with an option for a fourth for 637 million to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Go get um, the payday. Yeah. Why not? Uh, he's been there for 14 years. I think it was, mm -hmm. um, and very quietly has, if it wasn't for Ronaldo would be the all time leading goal scorer overtook fucking Raul. Yeah. Yeah. He's second on the all-time goal scorer list yeah. for Real fucking Madrid. Um, but with him moving on, could pave the way for a Harry Kane transfer. Yeah. Keep your eyes on that this summer because yeah. Manchester United are also in for him. Yeah, my, my concern for Harry Kane is does Harry Kane... Does Charlie Kane know what he's doing? Well, does, <laughs> does Harry Kane want a trophy or does Harry Kane want the English scoring title? Well, I think he instantly vastly improves Manchester United. Right. And vastly improves the other forwards in the line with him. Yeah. Because yeah. he is such a good passer of the ball. Yeah. So Marcus Rashford, with the shit service he got this season, scored almost or just about 20 or just yeah, over 20. Right around 20. In, in all competitions. Um, I think you see him easy 25 in all comps. And uh, Easy. One last parting word for you, Mr. Graham. The last one. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is retired. The the king the in his Zlatan. own mind, the Zlatan, Zlatan, Zlatan play football. The football has retired from Zlatan. Yes, <laughs> we can't watch football anymore. We can only watch YouTube clips of Zlatan talking about football. Football is no longer a game. Zlatan it, has left. You know what? <laughs> I, I I was listening to it on the ramble today. It is an era defining retirement. It really is. He was the best part. I think AC Milan played away. It doesn't matter if they did or not. The team that they played, he did get a goal, which is a fitting send-off. Mm -hmm. uh, so did Kareem Benzema in his final game for Real Madrid. But Zlatan, uh, the team, Fiori, whoever they were playing, I, I don't remember their name. Uh, Fienza, something like that. Um, the fans started booing him. Uh-huh. And he speaks like six languages. So in Italian, on the field, with the microphone, he turns around and he goes, the highlight of your season is seeing me right now. Shut your mouth. <laughs> you want to talk about the level of like shithousery and and the fuck around and find out the do as you do, Wait, as, not as, as you like. He did. He was the greatest shit talker and then backed it up. He scored everywhere. Every, every type of goal. He Every team he's ever been on has won titles except the season he was at Manchester United. It's just insanity. It's it was fucking insanity. He's, he's excellent. He's yeah. excellent. And the it started when he was 16 years old and Arsene Wenger hosted him at Arsenal for a trial. And he was under the impression that he was just training and hadn't signed his contract yet. And Arsene Wenger brought him in and he goes, so do I get the number nine shirt or what? And Arsene Wenger looks at him and goes, Zlatan, this was a trial. And he goes, oh, I'm leaving then. Zlatan doesn't do auditions. <laughs> And fucking rolled out at 16 years old, signed for Ajax two weeks later, won a Dutch title, became a legend there, moves on, Barcelona, PSG, AC Milan, Inter Milan, just fuck Juve, yeah. Manchester United. I heard a stat today, 28 goals in 46 games, more than a goal every other game. Insanity. Just everywhere he goes. Fucking insanity. Just all, Barcelona, again, uh, I think he played for Real Madrid at one point mm -hmm. as well. Just... 
The guy's amazing. Him and Pep didn't get along. Big surprise. Yeah. <laughs> the, it, what 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 we're ultimately robbed of is that he was Swedish, and we never got to see him like really perform in a World Cup. No, you know what? But you know, we did see <clears throat> a fucking bicycle kick from forty yards out against England, <laughs> and the knobhead that is Ryan Shorecross trying to defend against it, and <sighs> ended up fucking... like hurting himself, getting caught up in the net when he slid in. Fucking brilliant! It was at his career. So. Obviously, we're an American show. We we live, eat, and breathe uh, for the last 10 years Chuck Norris memes. Right. Zlatan is Chuck Norris to the rest of the world. Yes, exactly. He exactly. is that, you know, when, you know, when I moved out to Ajax from Sweden, you know, the family lost the head of the household. Yeah, <laughs> You know, my exactly. dad is worthless, right. you know, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. It, you know, um, and then he, he, there was some guy that looks like him in like Romania's second division or something, right? Mm -hmm. And some journalist asked him once, and he said, "Oh, you look a lot like Zlatan. Do you know if you guys are related?" And he goes, "Oh no, my father's never been to Sweden, or something like that." And uh -huh. then Zlatan caught wind of this, and he responded with like, "Yeah, but my father's been to Romania." <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing, you know what I mean? Oh, like, just love it. he's bigger than football. Yeah, he, he's it just the ego, the everything. It is, and it's funny. It's fantastic, and he leans into it. The I am slot. He refers to himself in a third person in a lot of cases, and it's not turn off. E. No, it was brilliant. It's, it's it was almost brilliant. endearing. It's it's beautiful. I love the guy. I think Ted Lasso, like really, Zava. really got that, that. He was Zava. And oh yeah. The, the, oh yeah. When they wrote it, Sudeikis <laughs> came out and said, mm -hmm. "This is." Oh, you can tell. Yeah, you can time. tell. And I think they got all of the charm and ego at the same time. Because that was the thing. It was, yeah, he was an insufferable, egotistical maniac. Yeah. But charming as fuck, and we all loved him. <laughs> like, how does somebody do that? 100%. Was... When he came, when, I think when he got signed to LAFC, or was it Galaxy? It was he... Galaxy. It was Galaxy. Whoever, whatever it was, I think he took out a full page ad in the LA Times that just said, "You're welcome," <laughs> like for signing. Yeah, you're you're welcome. You're welcome. Zlatan is here. You are blessed to have me. Like and, what? And yes, they were. Yes, they fucking were. It's just, it's, just, it's amazing. <clears throat> it's amazing. And I'm gonna, I'm, I for one, am going to miss it. Oh, agreed. Very much. I for agreed. one, am going to miss it. I hope he goes into punditry, oh, so, so we can see him more often and a little preview just very briefly for my top 50 uh that i'm doing of the top 50 Premier League players of all time i know we only played there for a season and a half zlatan's included <laughs> he's just because of his full incredible. body of work he's just fucking incredible I, him playing that 18 months gave me the ability to include his entire body of work into this list um and He's not number 50. Mm, he is oh no. higher than somebody that may have played their entire career in England. <laughs> that does that does not surprise me. Does it, not surprise me at he's all. He's not very high up because he only played 18 months. Right. I can't do that. But he's in there, and he's not number 50. Excellent. All right, boys and girls, next up is injury time where we're going to talk about the beers we were drinking. We're going to do a small little recap on uh, fantasy because there's some interesting things to look into. 
And uh, we're also going to preview both of the European games because they involve English teams. So, Sam, should somebody want to find injury time, how do they go about doing it? Very easy. It's patreon.com forward slash DU football show. Uh, and you will give us five bucks and you will listen because we are the best football podcast that there is. And there I am Sam and he is Sam and we are just Sam and you just deal with it. <laughs> Brilliant. Till next week, everybody. Zlatan. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bread to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Stuff of a lord, but straight in shorts. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!